Well, you certainly know how to compliment a woman. Well, if you'll excuse me. Do you know who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. Hi, my name's Andy Cracknell, Digital Awareness Game Changer Strategist at the GC Index, and I've been a game changer for 14,600 days. That's why I listen to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, taking your business to the next level. Coming up on Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Just to put your mind at ease, Kizzy, I do have shaved head, do have tattoos, but don't worry, I'm not a drug dealer anymore but we can all change we can all change and this is the bit that i think i kind of want your listeners to understand there is a better version of you right now but what you end up doing is you're ending up almost watering down that better version of you because you're listening to what people tell you you need to be in the world and also you know exactly where you stand when you run your own business skint get used to it but you're not going to starve to death Oh, and don't forget. The reality is, is that too much money makes you lazy and stupid. I built my business up with nothing. Nothing. In fact, I built every single business that I own. I've probably got about four or five or six, I don't even know, right? But every single business, one of them, I've not had a penny of investment. Not a penny. I'm Brian Stolley, founding partner of Wildcat Venture Partners. Hey, Tangeli here, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. I'm a leadership and mindset specialist for real estate and property professionals. Hi, I'm Jonathan from Amplify. Hi, I'm Johnny Combe, CEO of Payback Phone UK. I'm Kenneth Hafianyo, the founder of Jogwefa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta Region, Ghana. My Friday is never the same without Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Welcome to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers with your host Kizzy Nkwacha. A show for innovators and motivators, people just like you. Kizzy is the publisher of Business Game Changer magazine and the property investor, editor of the successful Women in Business book series and the best-selling Every Entrepreneur's Guide series. Every week, Kizzy and his guests provide you with the tools you need to take your game-changing business to the next level. Listen, learn and innovate. Now meet your host, your mentor and your fellow game changer, Kizzy Nkwacha. Hello and welcome to Kids Friday Game Changers. This week I'm joined by Brad Burton, who in 2006 started his own business from scratch. At that time, Brad was £25,000 in debt and delivering pizzas on the side to keep his new business afloat. Flash forward to 2020 and Brad has become one of Britain's top motivational speakers and a million pound business owner with over 65,000 followers. And it says here, he's even got his own social media gifs what the that is so cool in just a few minutes i'll be talking to brad to find out why he believes it's better for business owners to start with nothing zilch zero nada can i say bugger all no i can't i've been told i can't say bugger all so let's just stay with nada anyway it's time to put the cat out lock yourself in and get ready to be inspired because it's friday i'm kizzy and this is kizzy's friday game changers don't go away you're listening to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers, the world's number one business podcast experience. Listen, learn, and innovate. Welcome to the show. This week, I have the honor and privilege to break bread with Brad Burton, a dad of four who has risen from being depressed, burnt out, almost bankrupt, and on benefits to become Britain's number one motivational speaker. Brad, it's amazing to have you join me. Here's it, how you doing, Star? Listen, I love your show. Honestly, what you do here, it's just nice and fresh. It's good. It's exactly what people need to be listening to, so I'm delighted. Finally, my team talked to your team and we made it happen. Fantastic. You know what? This has got to be the best interview we've ever done, and we've only just gotten started. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's start at the very beginning, Brad. What was your life like before 2006? Describe it to me in your own words. 
Well, let me reverse up. So my dad left when I was six months old. Over in, I lived in Salford, Manchester. Uh, my mum brought me up, single parent, did beautifully looking after me, you know, holding down two, three jobs at times uh, to, to ensure that, you know, I had a, a reasonable growing up life. And then um, I got involved with the wrong crowd. And actually the wrong crowd were often the, the fun crowd when you look back. But it culminated in a whole series of situations and I ended up getting shot at in Manchester. So I ended up leaving Manchester back in uh, 1995, moved away to Somerset, had to start again. And it was a, you know, it was a difficult time. You've got a Mancunian guy there who's in Somerset. Nobody could understand me, like genuinely. I used to speak and they'd like, what did you say? And they'd say it again and again and again. And I was just like, um, you know, I was, I was a fish out of water and I got depressed because I wanted to go back to a place that no longer existed. I wanted to go back home, but I couldn't go home anymore. And I ended up, you know, doing four years on benefits. I got addicted to drugs twice. You got to work really hard to get addicted twice. And actually, I, um, I then ended up uh, effectively meeting my wife, and she helped me straighten myself out. Started uh, getting a job, you know, as, as you would do. And then before starting my own business, I basically told my employer to shove his job up his backside. And I walked out of a job on December the 16th, 2004. And I walked home, opened the door. My wife was there. And I told her that I'm going to start my own business off. And she started crying. And she said that you're going to ruin this family on your insistence on starting a business off. Now, I was this guy where I'm like 30, 31 year old. I had no qualifications. You know, I had no money, I had no working capital, I had 25 grand in debt on daft cars, cars and televisions that I no longer owned. And I was just, you know, I didn't run at it. And, and I think and nobody gave me a chance. Nobody gave me a chance apart from me. And you fast forward since that time, 2004, 2005, 2006, all the way through. And my business for networking became a national business networking success with the largest joined up business network in the UK. We run over 5,000 meetings across the UK each and every year, thousands of members. And I did that. I started it from nothing. And, you know, I, I defied all the odds to make it happen. Where did you get this um, sense of self-belief in that kind of persuaded you that you had what it takes to start a business, bearing in mind you had no business background to fall back on? You know what an expert is? An expert is someone that has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. No one's born an expert. And actually, so many people said, uh, you know, when I was signing on on benefits, they said, oh, you should start your own business off. And I went, me? <laughs> and what I realised something was, I was working for a company and I was working, I don't know, 60, 70 hours a week. And I remember driving home from that company at, say, 8 o'clock at night in my Vauxhall Emirates Omega with rust on one wing. And I remember seeing a guy go into a house with electric gates. And I thought to myself, like, literally, I'm not joking, this was like a Robert the Bruce moment where everything changed. My life would have been fundamentally different if I'd not drove past that guy going into that house at the time. Um, I thought to myself, I could work 80 or 100 hours a week and I'll still never be able to afford the frigging gates. And it was like, whoa, you know, what needs to change? And that's what happened. It, that was like a, a turning point for me when I realised that, you know, what I thought, you work hard, you get yours, it wasn't the case. So the only way that I was ever going to do it, I looked at, like, literally kind of woke up that day and said, how does, you know, anyone who's successful become successful? They start their own business off. And I started my own marketing business off back in, like I say, December the 16th. 2004 and the wife said to me you know when I walked in that day um couldn't you not you know just shut your mouth for five days and get your Christmas pay <laughs> and she had a point do you know what I mean but this is it once you once you reach a tipping point in your life you've just got to do it you've probably done it in your own life where you've walked out of a job or a relationship you just go you know what I've had enough and that's where I was in with, with my world really so I guess you've got to get to that point where you're just fed up with being fed up and you think I've got to do something about this to make my life better well, what's going to change if nothing changes? See, if you think about me, right, am I Brad Burton, the guy who's a former drug addict, the guy who got shot at, the guy whose dad left in a six-month-old, brought up on working class on council estates, um, you know, um, or am I the guy who's the entrepreneur, the UK's number one motivational business speaker, the guy who's written four books? Two sides of exactly the same coin. And when you think about that, so often in our life, what we end up doing, we end up hiding from the world who we are. So when I first started out running businesses, like people said, oh, you've got to wear a three-piece suit and a pocket watch. So effectively, what I'd end up doing is copying what the clowns on The Apprentice do, you know, wearing a tie with a matching pair of socks, thinking that that's what made a business person. And actually, if anyone knows me, the way that I look and the way that I present at the highest level, let me be quite clear, JCB, Bentley, Costa, Zero, you know, I'm at the highest level in the UK. I wear jeans, trainers and T-shirts. 
And, you know, just to put your mind at ease, kids, I do have shaved head, do have tattoos, but don't worry, I'm not a drug dealer anymore. But we can all change. We can all change. And this is the bit that I think I kind of want your listeners to understand. There is a better version of you right now. But what you end up doing is you're ending up almost watering down that better version of you because you're listening to what people tell you you need to be in the world. So in order for you to be professional, you need to play golf. Well, I've never played golf in my life, but last time, 1982 in real. But, you know, this is the thing. Do it your way. And I'm living proof of that because I'm now 47 years old. And up until 31, when I walked out of that job, right, my life was basically on rails. I allowed the world to dictate what I was supposed to be. And at the very point when my life turned around was at the very point when I accepted who and what I am. I'm wondering, going back to this, the start of this epiphany, mm. how do you actually make this work in, on, in, in a practical level? Did you have to mm. find uh, business mentors? Did you get yourself a coach? How did you get this business off the ground then? So once you recognise that you're not going to starve to death, right? Once you recognise that you're not really going to lose your mortgage, once you recognise that you're not going to die, What's the risk? The risk is if you go and start a business, and let me be quite clear right now, there'll be hundreds of thousands of people who are getting made redundant when this furlough scheme comes to an end, right? Hundreds of thousands. And those people will now be in a pot or fighting for jobs. So whereas prior to this situation, this, this lockdown, there was 100 people going for a job, there will now be 1,000. So the only way that you're going to separate yourself from the field is by being different. Yeah, but I've got a degree. Well, so was 999 people that are going for the same job. So all of a sudden, it's a bit like speedy boarding, easy jet. If everyone's got speedy boarding, nobody's speedy boarding. So you've got to separate yourself from the rest. And I realized that back in the day that I'm not going to starve to death. The worst case scenario, if this business doesn't work out, I go and get a proper job, which is exactly the same point where I started. We have been sold a pup. We have been sold a pup. So many of us believe that my wife, this is what she said, get a proper job. At least you know where you stand. Get regular money. Well, tell that to the millions of people that are getting laid off in the next six months, right? You know exactly where you stand when you run your own business. Skint. Get used to it. But you're not going to starve to death. So in the old Brad, what I would do is I'd work Monday to Friday, I'd get paid. And then on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I'd go out and get drunk. And then on Monday, I'd go to a job that I was dreading. Repeat that cycle. Week in, week out. Week in, week out. And occasionally, you get a 5% increase on your salary. Brilliant. And actually, most, most people are happy in that cycle. Well, they're not really happy, but they don't see a way through. Look, let me be quite clear. I am a guy who's a Salford Street kid who has turned his life around. I'm living proof that anyone can do it. But what you've got to do, you've got to be brave enough to do the things that people tell you you shouldn't do. The things that people consider to be unsafe. Starting a business. You know, uh, not getting... I didn't... So, as an answer to your question, I had no mentors. I had no business coach. But what I did have was a wonderful naivety, a wonderful naivety that you're never going to get back because that allowed me to do things. When I launched my full networking group back in February 2006, the first ever one, I had 72 people to a launch. Now, you'd never dream of having a networking event with 72 people, the way that we, the format, but I didn't know any better. I didn't know that you're only supposed to have 30 or 40. I had no idea. So naivety is the bit that will serve you. In my introduction, I said that you think it's better for new business owners to start off with absolutely nothing. Mm. Brad, what's wrong with having a few hundred thousand pounds in the bank to start your own business up? Um, well, what ends up happening is, you know, you go and get a branded Range Rover Sport and then go and waste the rest. You know, the reality is, is that too much money makes you lazy and stupid. I built my business up with nothing. Nothing. In fact, I built every single business that I own. I probably got about four or five or six. I don't even know, right? But every single business, one of them, I've not had a penny of investment, not a penny. And I've been offered investment, investment, investment. And here's the thing. You go and get a hundred grand of investment. And what people, people seem to forget is you've got to pay that money back. People don't, people don't talk about that bit. Yeah, we're going for a second round of funding. Well, I didn't even get a first round of funding and I've done okay. But I promise you, here's the thing. You are better making mistakes um, when you've got no money rather than expensive mistakes. So when I first set the first business up, I paid £120 to go and get the company incorporated. I got myself a brass um, thingy plate for the, for the front of, the, of, the, of my house with a, a company number. I got a wax steel stamp. I got a PDF that was sent to me in, a, in this like you know certificate with gold leaf on it. 120 quid. My second business 
which to this day continues, I paid $12.99 online to incorporate it. That is a good example at the very least. When I first started my business off, I got thousands of letterheads, thousands of business cards. I used three letterheads. That was just two small examples of, of, of how we spend too much money. Too much money makes you lazy and stupid. The great thing about having no money is you get to eat what you kill. So all of a sudden, you start getting a whole lot more motivated and a whole lot more driven to do the things that you don't want to do. Cold calling, closing deals, that kind of stuff. Whereas if you've got a load of money in the bank, manana, do it tomorrow. <laughs> I just love listening to you talking, Brad, because you, you sound like a born salesman. You sound as though you could sell anything to anybody. So, Is this something you've acquired no, over the years? Kizia, Kizia, I am the worst salesperson ever. Right, and I mean that. I'm not just saying that for for comedy effect. Trust me on this one. Right, somebody says that. Oh, you could sell snow to the Eskimos. No, I could sell them heating units. You could sell sand to the Arabs. No, I could sell them air conditioning units. I am not that guy. I can't sell stuff unless I 100% believe in something. Not 99.9, 100%. And here's the thing: when it comes to me and my businesses, and I said that about that misguided self belief or that naivety. Use twin naivety with misguided self-belief, which is where I started off with my networking business. I went into a crowded, congested marketplace where everyone said, you've got no chance. It's already taken care of by these other companies. And I went, I'm not bothered about them. I focused on me. But here's the thing. I at no point throughout this entire period did I end up running off like a squirrel. Oh, look, a squirrel. I need to go start doing that now. I need to do that. I focused, remained 100% focused and committed to the task. And the thing is, if you've got a plan B, if you've got a plan B, you don't believe in your plan A. And if you don't 100% believe in your plan A, don't get upset when others don't 100% believe in it either. And that's what I've done. I've been like so tunnel focused. But in terms of me as a salesperson, honestly, I don't sell. What I do is I create the conditions where people buy. I create the conditions where people buy. There is a fundamental difference. And that's something that's one of my, my cornerstones of how I run business. I never sell anyone. I never persuade anyone to buy anything, not once in my life. But what I've got is a very persuasive manner where people want to buy. I like it. A very persuasive manner indeed. Um, okay, let's, let's just go back a few a few years. So here you are, you've started this business up and you've got this idea for, for networking. Yeah. What were the early challenges you faced, bearing in mind you've entered what you considered to be or what you were told yeah. was a crowded, congested marketplace? Mm -hmm. What were the early challenges you faced and how did you overcome them? Great question. Kizzy, you are amazing. Like, genuinely. Like, this is... you. Are, anyway, you are such a good interviewer. Right, okay, so let me explain. My first challenges were credibility. People thought, this. who's this guy? He's a joker. Go back... Now, I'm like a professional speaker. I spoke over 2,000 times in public in the last 10, 15 years. So, you know, I don't know anyone who spoke that many times in public, right? He was in my world. So that, that's what makes you an expert, is someone that has made all the mistakes. So when I first started out, um, credibility was a thing, right? So if you think about this, reputation on a scale of zero to 10, zero. My assets in terms of photographs of me speaking or a track record, zero. My credibility, nobody's ever endorsed me, zero. My experience, zero. You fast forward now, my reputation, 10. My assets, showreel, this so forth, photographs, 10. Credibility, 10. Experience, 10. That's what I call my race, by the way. That's what I call about winning your race. What I've just shared, though, the, 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 the abbreviations. Um, so when I first started out, I had no reputation. Nobody knew who I was. So what I did is I created mayhem. All right. So I went to the competitors when they was having their visitors days, the other networks, rival networks. I would go and put a leaflet on their car. So they'd come out, having gone to this other network, and they'd come out and they'd say, good morning, in an envelope, question mark. If you had a good morning envelope on your, on your, um, you know, uh, on the windscreen, you definitely open the envelope. You wouldn't just throw it in a bin. If you had a leaflet, you throw it in a bin. So you open the envelope and it says, did you realize that at this organization you've just attended, you have to do this, 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 and this, and this? There is a better way for networking. Right. And I just created mayhem. I created absolute mayhem with this other organization saying, you cannot attend their groups. And people said, well, you know what? On your bike. And I just did that. I repeated that. I created myself. I was very disruptive. You know, there was things that I did back then, which I wouldn't do right now, if I'm honest. But that was the way that I had to do it because I had no budget. I had no marketing budget. But when I, as, I, as I started building this thing up, what I did is I created energy. 
I created this energy, this this real vibe where it was a movement. It wasn't a business network. It was a movement. And that's a, you look at New Labour 1997. You know, they came into the power and they swept into power with a, you know, open shirt policy, a open door policy, a sort of over a coffee, a coffee policy and a, sort of things can only get better. And they made the establishment look old fashioned and fuddy duddy. I based for networking our sweep to power on New Labour. I copied what New Labour did in 97. And that's what I did, is that I was the guy where I was the man. And as time went on, as it went from being a, a local uh, organisation to a, a, a regional one and then to a national one, is I had to get credibility, at which point, um, as an individual, I, I then wrote my books. So my first book's called Get Off Your Ass. I wrote that. And that allowed me to, once again, look at that, a book called Get Off Your Ass. And I was told by many people that said, you can't possibly call a book Get Off Your Ass. I said, why not? Well, because it's an offensive title and you won't get it in Waterstones. So guess what I did? I got it in Waterstones. I worked for eight weeks and I rang the guy up and eventually got hold of him and I went to see him and I sat down with the chief bar at Waterstones and he said, so Brad, tell me why you're here. And I said, can I be honest with you? He said, sure. I said, I've got no idea what I'm doing. And he started laughing. He said, that's the best sales pitch I've had in 20 years. I said, I'm being serious. I've got no idea what I'm doing. I said, I'm here. And, 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 and he ended up appreciating the honesty. Nobody would pitch like that. Nobody would pitch like that apart from me. And on my book, I've got it in front of me. I've got like a, a, a canvas. It's called Get Off Your Ass. Brad Burton voted best business book 2009. And there's a little asterisk on it. And then it's got a little small right at the bottom on the front cover by my mum. And that is the kind of stuff that I did so people would either not read the asterisks or they would see the asterisks and go, that's funny. And that's the kind of guy. I've always been that guy who could see small things. The, I concentrate on the small picture and the big picture of paint yourself. And so many people concentrate on the big picture. And actually, they, they, they miss the small steps that make the big difference. I'm trying to work out, Brad, what is the key to your success? Is it native cunning or is mm. it desperate intelligence or is it yeah. a combination of the two? So I, this is a great question. Honestly, because uh, we can keep going with this. I'm enjoying this. Um, so... I think it's my Salford Street smarts, right? I think that's what it is. I think it's coming back from the coming from the street as a kid, and actually having to grow up in a difficult social environment. Not my home was great, but a difficult environment to live in. All right, and I had to be kind of um, you had to think on your feet to avoid getting involved in the gangs and this that, and the other. And I never got involved in any of that stuff. What I did was I used my charisma to to be a political animal, to stay friends with everyone. So and that, I think that is really what I was about. And years ago, when I was 26, um, I worked for a company, a millionaire guy uh, in London. And um, work days involved going out and sitting in private members clubs, getting drunk. And then, you know, he'd buy people drinks and his drinks bills were a £1,000 a night. And, what, and I'm like, I, you know, I'm skinned and I'm looking at this. This is crazy. And I'm just a hanger on her effectively. But what he said to me, he referred to me as a Brad, Brad Grenade. And I went, go on. He said, you do realise what a complete nut job you come across as, don't you, Brad? And I went, what are you on about? He said, you've got no idea. I says, mate, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, you don't see how much energy you've got and enthusiasm. I went, I have no idea what you don't. And I think that was the thing. I have no, I, I had no idea up until that point what I am, right? It's a bit like saying to a fish, what's the water like? And the fish says, what water? You've got no idea who you are. You're just you being you. You just see the, the world through. And he said to me, he said, I bring you to these environments because if there's somebody I want to talk to, I get you to go and introduce yourself and you go and win them over. And I didn't even realise that that's what I did. And that's what he brought me into in the business to do that. So I would go into, he said, you'd go into a room full of squares and within 40 minutes, everyone's best of mates, ties it off and, and relaxed. And, and, and the bread grenade was, was kind of formed. So if you think about that, that that in itself for running a business network with thousands of members across the UK is a pretty useful skill. <laughs> you know what, Brad? You, you sound like me talking, but with a, a slightly mm. different accent. Um, right, good. A couple of years ago, when I was, when I was a publicist, yeah, yeah. Um, a, a reporter asked me how I became successful as a publicist. Mm. And I think, this will, I think this will ring a bell with you. Sure. My response to her was, all I've got is wit, grit, and bullshit. Whoa. That's it. That. Love that. But you know something? I think there's a real... There's something that about that, what you've just said then, and there's something about the way that I approach life and business. You know, I'm not fibbing when I say this. I can send you a link to it. You know, I speak at the highest level, and even I'm waiting for the police to arrest me when I come off these stages, you know, having paid, been paid lots and lots of money, rockstar money, to go and speak at these events. And, you know, I, I tip up there with jeans, trainers, and T-shirt, and there's 
3,000 other people there and I'm the only one wearing jeans, trainers and T-shirt, straight away, the first thing that I do as I come on stage is, I said what I said before, which is just to put your mind at ease. I'm from Salford, Manchester. Do I have to shave Do I have tattoos? Put a dog I'm not a drug dealer. They get a laugh and they say anymore. And you get another laugh. And actually what I do is basically, I kind of know what I am. I know what I look like. I look like a drug dealer. Let me be quite clear for those people that have never searched me. Go Google my name. I've got a face like a drug dealer. The way I look, I look like a drug dealer. It's great, right? So by, by doing that, I'm basically telling people what they're thinking. So that once that's out of the way, no one's got anything on me anymore. Because that's what people will say. But oh, it looks like a drug dealer. Yes, I know. And that's why I said it. So I think that's what I do. I, think I don't shy away from any subject. I don't shy away from anything about my background, about who I am, about my business, about nothing. You know, and I think that's what's been quite um, uh, opening, uh, in, enabling for me, is that I, I'm not... I'm not embarrassed about any of my past, whereas most normal people won't share some stuff out of the past. No, it's the past that makes you who you are. Um, let's, let's talk about the business now. Uh, last year, full networking was functioning at over, what, 5,000 events every year. Yeah. What, what impact did COVID have on your business? Right. So I can't remember the date, but let me explain. You're running 5,000 meetings every single um, year. So effectively, say it is 200 meetings a week, something like that, every, 100 meetings a week, something like that, 100, 125 meetings a week was running business networking meetings. It's thousands of members, membership organisation, each person pays a membership fee. And then all of a sudden, COVID's coming along. Now, I kind of caught this. I've been playing computer games for the last 30-odd years. I'm a big gamer. And I know from playing computer games that once um, a pandemic starts, if there's no vaccine, it's getting to you. So I was on this. I, I kind of knew this. LBC was reporting it probably six weeks out before, before anyone else did. And I, um, I was kind of on this. I was panic buying three weeks before anyone even considered panic buying. Right, like, I'm not joking. Like, that's, and I think that kind of sums me up there. So everyone's saying, oh, "Look at you, Diva, buying all them toilet rolls." Okay, and then actually, what ends up happening is in three weeks later, everyone's fighting over toilet rolls. So I'm now the guy who's stood in while everyone else is fighting over toilet rolls, and I'm I'm now sitting pretty. I was genuinely panic buying. Now with COVID, um, my business ended overnight. Overnight, so you got a multi-million pound business gone. Overnight. Now, there's two ways I think go in here, and then and this is lessons of the past have kind of taught me this. You end up in a situation where um, it's almost like we're grieving. Every individual is grieving, right? Like a, a grief in terms of loss, loss of freedom, loss of um, access to people, whatever. And the way you go through the stages of grief is first denial. So most people are saying, yeah, we'll probably get locked down for a couple of weeks and then we'll be back by March or May or whatever. Then you go from there to anger. Come on, Boris, come on, Rishi, you need to sort this out. And then what happens? You get to depression. And a lot of people are going through depression. And then you get to acceptance. I went through that entire range so fast, like overnight. <laughs> right? Brumph. I got to acceptance. Right, this is where we are. I've got a friend of mine who's an SAS man. He's um, I work with him. He works with me. And actually... He said to me, he said, you know what, Brad? He said, leadership, you cannot delegate. You cannot delegate leadership. You are in for this now. It is on. That's what he said to me. Okay. One of my other business coaches, he said to me, he said, um, he said, Brad, your normal fighting style, if you think of it like a boxer, is you fight on strength. All right. You get them in and out of there. You're not getting paid in overtime. It's done. He said, this isn't going to be one of those fights. This is not going to be won on, on strength. It's going to be won on stamina. So just, just clock those two things there. So what happened with me is I already was on this, that full network in mind, face-to-face network was finished. All right, through no fault of my own, everything was cool, it was finished. So I took it online. So for nonline.biz, I separated the business. We got the technology right, as in like within 72 hours, we was back online. And we've lost lots of, of members, if I'm honest. So we've certainly lost 50% plus in terms of that time. Some people don't do it online. But what I've also lost is 75% of overheads. So we're in now a position where, and all your listeners right now, I think you need to prepare for this thing to be a permanent fixture or certainly prepare for it for the next 12 months. And if it falls away in the next six months, three months, brilliant. But if you prepare for the next 12 months, you're going to be set up for the next 12 months. And that is exactly what I did. I prepared for this being a 12-month operation. Thin down all the costs, and uh, got to the point now where the truth, I'm making the same amount of money now than the whole operation with the office, staff, da, 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 da. it's crackers. And I think this is, it allows for a fresh start for everyone. And one of the things that I say, 
is, and this is whenever it's getting tough, I want people to, to, to get a piece of paper and write on the top of that paper, what does this make possible, dot, dot, dot. And just start filling in what it makes possible. And what it makes possible for us is a fresh start and to do things that we never dreamed of doing. Very wise words. So anybody who's um, facing up to this pandemic, Brad says that you've got to face up to the truth. You've got to make plans for the future. And you've got to ask yourself that question, what does this make possible? Very, very wise words indeed. Brad, hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break and come back to our conversation in a few minutes. This week's incredibly talented entrepreneur, this week's boss star is 33-year-old Ghanaian entrepreneur, Kenneth Hafiano. Now, Kenneth is a founder of Zabifa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta region, Ghana. Now, when Kenneth's not training people in the fine art of batik, he's also, I'm sure you'll agree, a very talented musician. Here he is performing Believe in You. Take it away. I'm Brian Stolley, founding partner of Wildcat Venture Partners. Hey, Tangelie here, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. I'm a leadership and mindset specialist for real estate and property professionals. Hi, I'm Jonathan from Amplify. Hi, I'm Johnny Cole, CEO of Payback Phone UK. I'm Kenneth Hafiano, the founder of Jogwefa, an ethical fashion brand based in Ho, Volta Region, Ghana. My Friday is never the same without Kizzy's Friday Game Changes. How can I believe in your dreams? Yeah, yeah. Je connais mes amis, mes ennemis. Je connais tout ce qui m'apprécie, je connais qui m'a vu. Agbia me venya wenya reka mule yeta me swasi de tonu le ponu bebereka. Ela me karo ma unye jibe na dema dema dema. Ela va wena mbereka. Ela va wena mbereka. A journey of a thousand miles begin with a step So get up, stand up, do something best for yourself You can't sit always and be asking for a help Men put it on your knees, forgot to put it on your head Believe in yourself and say that you can Believe in yourself and say that you can Believe in yourself and say that you can We're going straight to the top They don't want to believe in me yeah. How can I believe in them? They don't want to believe in me How can I believe in them? You don't want to believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in me How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in my dreams How can I be- Hi, my name's Andy Cracknell, Digital Awareness Game Changer Strategist at the GC Index and I've been a game changer for 14,600 days. That's why I listen to Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. How can I believe in them? They don't want to believe in me How can I believe in them? You don't want to believe Get in touch with Kizzy's Friday Game Changers by emailing FridayGameChangers at email.com and follow us on Twitter by searching for Kizzy's Friday Game Changers How can I believe in you? You don't want to believe in my dreams How can I believe in your dreams? Yeah Kizzy's Friday Game Changer Book of the Week Hi, this is Jerry Price, CEO of Avari Group, a media and marketing services company with a portfolio of specialty firms dedicated to providing strategic content solutions for a wide range of companies and brands. The business book I'm recommending is The Boys in the Boat by Daniel James Brown. It's a powerful and inspiring story about the 1936 U.S. Olympic rowing team that won the gold medal, shocking the world and particularly Hitler's Germany at the Berlin Games. 
In reading the book, I found the author provided an extraordinary metaphor to effectively run a business. Through the shared philosophy of George Yeoman Pocock, a leading designer and builder of racing shells who outfitted the U.S. team, the reader learns the values of dedication to tradecraft, the effective application of data with innovation, purposeful collaboration, sacrifice, and resulting harmony to achieve success. When approaching the creation of our new headquarters in Louisville, Kentucky, Brown's book so impressed our team that we allowed its influence to become expressed in our award-winning design. Today, a 42-foot Pocock Cedar racing shell hangs suspended over two floors of the office as a wonderful piece of art, symbolic of our focus on collaboration. Our walls are covered with graphics that promote the importance of the quality of the journey as well as the achievement of results. The Boys in the Boat has had an enduring impact on our culture, from how we recruit talent to leadership training to program management. Beyond a story well told, it's a challenge for all of us to a life well lived. This is Friday Game Changers, elevator pitch of the week. Please stand back from the closing doors. Please select a level. Going up. I am Justas Janauskas, the co-founder of Curio. Curio is an app that helps people to find answers to problems you can't just Google. From learning how to monetize your business idea to growing your own tomatoes at home, the app connects curious individuals. As humans, we rarely have all the answers, but it's hard to find people who have the experience that would be a massive help to our projects. So Curio is using technology to create a community of people who are willing to share and learn from each other. By tapping into the knowledge, experience and wisdom of others, we can fuel personal and business growth and yes, create a better future. Top floor, good luck. Welcome back. Before the break, you're listening to Kenneth Hafiano, founder of Zabifa, an ethical fashion brand based in whole Voto region, Ghana. And I'm in the studio talking to disruptive business expert, motivator, entertainer and educator, Brad Burton. Brad, we're at the part of the show we call the past, present and future. Now, what this means is that I'm going to ask you three questions about your business past, your business present, and your business future. And if we get this right, the answers will give us a unique insight into the mind of game changer, Brad Burton. Are you game? Let's do it. Okay, fantastic. Now look, I want you to uh, close your eyes, put your feet up, and imagine you can hear a clock ticking in the background. That's the sound of time passing by second after second. Imagine yourself traveling back in time to meet the young Brad Burton just starting out on his game-changing journey. What one thing would you tell Brad to make sure he does? And what one thing would you tell him to make sure he never, ever does? Okay, so the thing that I'd be suggesting that I always, always do is believe in yourself that a mistake is only a mistake after the event. Right, so nobody wakes up, including me, and says, "You know, I'm going to go mess up today." But occasionally I do. So understand that a mistake is only a mistake after the event. And actually, uh, the way that you make uh, what makes an expert is someone that has made all the mistakes. So therefore, if you want to be an expert, Brad, you're going to have to make mistakes. So that's what I would encourage myself to make decisions, make mistakes. The thing that I was saying to never do is to second guess. And what I mean by that is you don't know. So whatever your first guess is, go with that, move on. Either get it right, it moves you one step towards success, or get it wrong, it moves you one step towards being an expert. You cannot fail. It, it sounds as though then that um, you, you've you learned the art of becoming from comfortable with uncertainty. Well, yeah, see, this is the thing. <laughs> you know, there was a problem with with with, uh, with this at the moment. There's lots of uncertainty. And before this, there was Brexit uncertainty. Then there's business uncertainty. Then there's COVID uncertainty. Then there's uncertainty uncertainty. No wonder everyone's all twisted. You know what? Like, <laughs> I've had uncertainty all my life. We all have. But you take somebody to say you've had uncertainty in order for you to, to start worrying about it. My wife is a professional worrier. Like, honestly, she gets worried about everything. Whatever can go wrong, she worries about it. You know, there's not a single person that I've met, and I've spoken to thousands of people since lockdown, and I said to them, show of hands, anyone here have global pandemic on their business plan? No, no one. So therefore, you spent all this time and money on things that have never happened, yet this thing came out of left field. 
Uncertainty is where you need to be. No one's got any guarantees. No guarantees. There's one guarantee that on your, you said from the, the second, from the outset there, about the, you can't wait your seconds now. The guarantee is that on your dying breath, you're going to be there. That's it. Right? And so many people are worried about what other people think. I couldn't give a toss about what other people think. I care about what I think. And as long as my, 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 um, kind of, uh, quote that, that, that is in my book, one of my books, is help many, hurt few, live life. That's how I live my life. That's my religion, Bradism. Help many, hurt few, live life. <laughs> and that, that's an official term, uh, Bradism. Yeah, Bradism, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, okay. I'm going to use that at some point, and I'm going to I send you some money for, for copyright. Listen, okay? go and check out the hashtag Bradism, Bradism on Instagram. You'll see loads of them, top to bottom, of my Bradisms. I'm going to ask my producer, why haven't I got a hashtag? Have you also got your own sort of GIFs and icons yeah, and stuff? Mate, mate, you go type in Brad Burton on Facebook, GIF, and you'll see me, lots of GIFs on there. I've got, this is, you remember what I talk about, right, which is about being disruptive about doing things that no one else has done. And actually, I'll give you an example. So we're in a nightclub, Kizer, me and you, there's a £20 note on the floor, and you say to me, go and pick it up, Brad. And I go, you pick it up. No, you pick it up. No, you pick it up. And whilst we're arguing the toss about picking it up, someone's just picked it up. And then what happens is then recrimination starts between me and you. See, I told you you should have picked it up. Well, you should have picked it up. You saw it for Bang. So many people are worried about what other people do. And from a psychology perspective, if people are hesitating, that means that they wouldn't do it. So what I do is I do the things that nobody else would dream of do. It's not so simple. You actually do find the path that's less travelled by. Yes. You take it. Yes. So so rather than go back to what I said, which is, you know, the old days, I've been looking for a job. There'd be loads of people looking for a job. Well, stop looking for a job. Look for a client. Look for a client. If you're that good as a sales and marketing director, why aren't you starting your own business as a sales and marketing director? Well, because of, well, why? 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 Well, because why? Why? And that's the thing. Well, because I'm on 100 grand a year and I need 100 grand a year. Well, okay, that's great. But for every month that you don't earn 100 grand a year, you know, 10 grand lighter. And actually, once you realize you can live on Tesco's beans and waffles, which is what I did when I was skinny, you know, I, I can go, I can go lean. I can go like, like live on the, the land effectively. You know, I've had nothing in my life. Like literally, you know, I went hungry for days. So <laughs> me being in a five bedroom house in a wonderful village where no one's getting shot with a big garden and a daft car. I my own arcade machine. Like, really, if, if, if I never earned another penny in my life, I, I'm good. This is like, this is the bit that people, kids, let me explain, right? This is where people go wrong. I had somebody on social media say to me, I've got self-limiting beliefs. Here we go. Well, Tony Robbins is worth 300 million, but I couldn't give two monkeys what Tony Robbins is worth. I care about my life. And you know what? Here's the thing. What, everything that we do in our life is to do what? Is to make us happy. Nobody sets out to make ourselves unhappy, right? Nobody goes, I'm going to make a decision that is going to make me unhappy, right? Ultimately, any decision that we make in our life, any purchase that we make, any chance to get in a relationship, get married, have a baby, to do is about making us happy. Now, when those decisions start making you unhappy, you've just found your level. Now, what's going to run out first for me? Is it ambition or is it ability? I have got every financial thing that I want, every material thing that I want. Could I work really hard and go and get a Lamborghini? Yes. But... And if I won a lottery tomorrow, don't do the lottery. But if I won a lottery tomorrow, I'd go and buy a Lamborghini. But am I prepared to go and work for a Lamborghini? As in, share my life, spend. You know, we put a price tag associated with a PlayStation 5, a new pair of shoes, a pair of trainers. But we don't put a, 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 a value to the time that we spend. And I've realised something. I lost five, uh, sorry, three friends of mine last year. Three friends of mine went last year through cancer, Right? And actually, if you'd have got me a year before that, none of them knew there was, wasn't going to be here. None of them. So we end up spending time on stuff that doesn't matter. And I've seen too many people. I've got a friend of mine who's got 20-odd um, supercars, okay? Um, he's got gold taps, £12,000 each. I went to see him, and I said, oh, don't think much of those gold taps. He said, they're 12 grand each. I said, mate, I said, when you're spending £12,000 on a gold tap, You've lost control of your life. I've got another friend of mine. I was having a, a meal with him. He's got a two million pound business. And uh, I'm eating food with him. And I, he says, I said, oh, mate, I said, congratulations. You've done beautifully with that. He said, yeah, I'm going for a 10 million pound business. I says, why? He says, well, you know. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, to get the nice things for my family. I said, like what? Well, you know, the nice things. Like what? 
He said, well, you're not nice to I said, right, how old your boy? He said, six. I said, so you get this 10 million pound business, how long is it going to take? He said, 10 years. Mm. How old your boy going to be then? 16 bucks in the nice. Mate, so many people, kids, get it all twisted. They think that money is where the magic happens. And I'm telling you, time is where it's at. I have got, I'm living a life that this working class lad from Salford, Manchester, could not believe was possible. And actually, if people believe that I've got self-limiting beliefs because I'm not going to go get on a plane to go and take over America, yeah, but you could fly first class and have a bed. I've got a perfectly good bed 10 foot away. And I think this is where people get it all twisted. They start following what the world plan is of what success is. Let me tell you what success is. Being happy. Being truly happy. Once you get truly happy with yourself, then all that money and all that stuff that you chase, you don't need it as much. Because the reason that we all chase stuff is to make us happy. But it's not happy. We're confusing fun with happy. Going out with your mates, spending a £1,000, getting drunk, happy, at fun. Going to lap dancing clubs, fun. Getting shit-based, fun. Buying a PlayStation, fun. Being content in your own skin, happy. That's what more eludes most people, and I think I've sussed it. Right, so I'm just taking notes as you're talking, because I've got here, my mate Brad says, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. Does that work? Yes, mate. Yep. You know, let right. me explain. Let me explain something, Kizza. My pals who are no longer here, do you reckon, right, if they knew that it was going last year, do you reckon they'd have been wasting two days writing a proposal? Do you reckon that he would have been, you know, staying in the office till 8 o'clock at night? Or do you reckon he'd have been at home with the kids, spending some time and saying the things that he wanted to say? I see too many people, too many people get this wrong. They end up with success, success. They're ill. They're burnt out. They're shot to pieces. They have no idea why they're doing it. Another friend of mine, £10 million business, he has no idea why he's doing it. But every three months, a new car turns up. Brand new car turns up. Every three months, you know, and a guy has to deliver it with white gloves on and all that. And guess what? Three months later, he's buying a new car, believing that somewhere along the way. And we end up getting in this situation where we're chasing. We get a 40-inch television, then one at 60, then one at 80, then one at 100. Then we want a 100-inch widescreen. And it never ends. It's always happiness is around the next corner. Contentment is always around the next corner. Think about where you are in your life right now. Whoever's listening to this right now, stop and just pause for a second and look at what you've achieved. How far you've come. And actually, whatever you're chasing, is it really around the next six months? Or is it where you are right now? Hmm. If if you could have one superpower, Brad, one superpower, anyone, what would you have? I've got it. I change people's lives. You know, and I really change people's lives, I've changed my own life. I changed my own outlook. Every single day I change people's lives. You know, I, you, I mean, you wouldn't know this because I don't but I'm always every single day I have people turn to me looking for help and making decisions and I've got the best that we can get to if you want I've got the greatest way for anyone that's struggling right now to make a decision should I stay in that abusive relationship or not should I go and start a business off I've got the best way to do it do you want me to share it please so this is what a um, global organization like Bentley their management team use and the reason that their management team use it is because I taught it them. Brad Burton, the former drug addict, the guy who got shot at, the guy who's in four years on benefits, who's got no qualifications. I taught Bentley Global this management and their management team use it. Now, that I just think is wild, what I've just shared. But I'm about to share what it is. When it comes to making decisions, the reason that we don't make decisions to leave a job is we're scared. It's the wrong idea. It's the, it's the, it's the wrong choice. Remember what I said before? The only time you realise whether the decision is right or wrong is after the event. No one, including me, wakes up and says, you know what, I'm going to go mess up today. But occasionally I do. But here's the thing. An expert is someone that has made all the mistakes in a particular niche field. So when it comes to public speaking, I've made them all. Podcasting, I've made them all. Book writing, made them all. Business networking, made them all. Marriage, made them all. And actually, if you make a mistake twice, that's a choice. So when it comes to making decisions, the reason we don't make decisions is we're scared of the wrong ones. Now, I am the easiest person in the world to tell to. When my team got older you or you got older them and said, do you want to do this podcast? I said yes, instantly, within 24 seconds. If I can't make a decision in 24 seconds, I revisit it in 24 minutes. If I can't make a decision in 24 minutes, I revisit it in 24 hours. If after 24 hours I can't make a decision, I've just made a decision. It's not important to me. Next. And I move on. And that's how I make decisions. Because where you end up in your life is a direct result of your decisions, good ones or bad ones. So you think about it, Kizzy, whenever you've ended up in a bad place in your life, 
Generally, it's down to a decision that you've made. Somewhere along the way, it's down to a decision that you've made. And this is where I was. I've been in a bad place in my life. And I used to blame my dad leaving when I was six months old as to why I made bad decisions. And at the point when I turned my life around, when I realised that it's nothing to do with me, dad. It's to do with me making bad decisions. So that's how you do it. 24 seconds, 24 minutes, 24 hours. That's the way to, to that, I mean, that's a takeaway and half that for people. And I swear it's a game changer. It's a life changer. Really is very wise. Twenty four seconds, twenty four minutes, twenty four hours, and if you can't decide, you've already decided. Okay, yeah. that uh, that's the past taken care of. Let's let's go to the to let's go to the present. Let's go into the here and now, Brad. When you've got your back to the wall and things aren't working as well as they should, uh, what motivates you? What keeps you moving forward? Slick. So, for all my um, you know showbiz, I go on stage and I speak. Um, before I go on stage and speak, I get nerves. People wouldn't know that. They'd have no idea looking at my stage presence. They would have no idea. And what I do is I've got tattoos like um, the size of a penny piece or something like that on my wrist of my children's um, tattoos. I put my thumb on it and I think, right, boom. That's it. it gives me strength. It's almost like a, like a press button, like a superhero. Because what ends up happening is it's not about me. Because if it's about me, Kezi, uh, you know, what I'd end up doing is I'd end up smoking bongs all weekend, right? And this is the thing, for the first time in my life, it's not about me. So if I think about whenever I got in a bad place, going back 15 years ago or something, that was because I couldn't see a future. So what I wanted to do is I just wanted to numb out my past. I just wanted to numb out my present. Right now, I'm living in the present more than ever before. That's what keeps me motivated because it's not about me. When this came to this point with for networking, my coach said to me, and there's a belter, he knew how to press my buttons. He said to me, he said, Brad, what does the, the, the business look like for those thousands of members if you drop out before networking? Right? What does it look like? And it was like, okay, that's not happening. And that was what galvanized me. I realized I had to move fast because if it was down to me, I'd just be a maddie twat sat there. But actually, I had to do it for those thousands of people. And that's what kept me motivated. And it often, you find that, you know, a good example. Do you have children? Uh, yes, I have well, a son. Love that. So you'd do anything for him, right? Of course. Right. So let me give you an example of that. If I said to you, there is 20 foot of, 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 of molten lava and glass that you need you to run over barefoot to go and get whatever your dream car is, you wouldn't do it. You, well, you might think you'd do it and then you get three steps in, it'd be the worst idea ever. If I said to you, you've got to go over, run over that in order to save your son, you would do it. It would be painful, you'd never walk again, but you'd do it. That is how I have tuned my brain into everything that I've done. I've taken it away from being a supercar. I've taken it away from being money because money's not a big enough motivator, yet people believe it is. So I tuned my mission into my son. When I was delivering pizzas, I promised my boy, he's next door right now, right next door, he's, he goes to college now. I promised him that I would take him to Disney World. I'm delivering pizzas, 25 grand in debt, a wife telling me to go and get a proper job. How on earth are you going to, at 30 year old, 31 year old, going to do, going to make that happen? And I made it happen because I said I'd make it happen because I took it away from about money. It wasn't, a, I'm going to get a load of money and take you to Disney World. I said, I'm going to take you to Disney World. And in order for me to get to Disney World, I had to, take, I had to make money. So it's a different fundamental flip on the way that you get your mind uh, working. Very good point. Um, I like the idea of being present because that's something that we all kind of um, find ourselves all good, sir. getting. Kizzy, let me tell you, turn off your notifications on your Facebook. Turn them off now, right? I, I did it 12 weeks ago. I turned them off. Doesn't mean the notifications aren't there. It just means you don't get a little red star saying one, two, three, four, five. Turn them off. It'll change your life. Done. Done. Slick. Okay, that's the past. That's the present. Let's uh, let's walk into the future hand in hand. In a hundred years' time, Brad, when people are talking about Brad Burton, how do you want to be remembered? Great question again. So, you know, a book that changed my life was called 27, 23 Steps to Achievement. When it all went wrong for me in 95, 96, I had this book and um, it had no cover. And it kept me going. Now, if you go and read the book now, it's like proper 1979. Your wife should have your dinner ready at 12 o'clock. You know, it's all a little bit like that, right? But at the time, that's what kept me motivated. And the, the author, Robert J. Lumsden, I actually got a private detective to try tracking down. He's now gone dead. Uh, just to thank him. Because I believe that that book kind of helped me. 23 Steps to Achievement. It's only like 199 on Amazon. Um, 
But what's interesting about that is look how one guy changed my life back in 95, 96 through a book, a little flimsy 30, 40 page book. And that's what I'm hoping with my books is that somewhere along the way, they will be living in the charity shops. You know what I mean? And I was delighted when I found out that my books is actually pirated. It's been pirated online. All of them. How good's that? Um, but you know, that, that's my legacy is that people realize that you can be a better version of yourself and that no matter how much, uh, whatever's in your background it doesn't matter what matters is what happens in the foreground okay i'm just going to get a copy of this book 23 steps to success and achievement by robert, uh, robert J. Lumsden. Lumsden. Yeah, yeah yeah okay all right i'm going to pick that up um this conversation could go on for hours and hours but i've got a, a red light flashing on my screen <laughs> saying that we've we've gone past our, our allotted time a long while ago mm. um before we uh, wrap up, I just wanted to know, Brad, is there anybody out there who may be listening to our conversation today that you'd like to give a shout out to? Who do you want to say hello to? Yeah, I want to shout out to Ian Dixon. Ian Dixon's my business coach, uh, Cross Crosley, mindset coach, and also um, my management team, Pippa Hodge, uh, Jen Hines, Terry Cooper, all of which throughout this last six months have allowed me to to, to function. There's been times when it's been tough. There's been times when I've had a, been like a bear with a sore head and they recognise that. And I beasted my team. I beasted my team to get us through this whole time. And I know that and I apologise to them recently because I know that I put them through it. But if we didn't, I'd describe it. It's a bit strong, this metaphor, but I'm going to share it. I described it like running down the stairs of the Twin Towers. We have no option other than to keep going. I know you're tired. Keep running. And that's what I did with it over the last... Because if you're not, we won't be here now. Excellent. Um, Brad, this has probably been one of the most fascinating conversations we've had in a very long time. Thank you so much for sharing your insight, your wisdom and your humour on Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Thank you so much, Kizzy. Like, genuinely, it's been a game changer. Well, the time I've spent with Brad Burton has taught me that if one dream should fall and break into a thousand pieces, we should never be afraid to pick up one of those pieces and try again. And if you listen to Brad speaking, you'll learn that the simple truth, the simple and powerful truth, is that we should never be discouraged. It's often the last key in the bunch that opens the lock. This is a lesson that game changers like Brad Burton are teaching us every day. Listen, learn, and innovate. Playing us out is Kenneth Hafiano, and this track's called Thank You For My Life. See you next week. Yeah. Thank you for my life. Yeah. For all the good things you've been doing for me. You have done it for free. Thank you for our lives. Yeah. For all the good things you love this game-changing interview? Share your thoughts by posting a comment. Sharing is caring. Thank you for their lives. Yeah. For all the great things you've been doing for them. You still do all for free. Yeah. Thank you for the life of the motherless kids on the street. And I thank you for the ghetto youth hustling every day for what to eat. Monica house to live in is necessary. But life first, good health for the family. Some day I try to take away authority. Tomorrow that comes, nobody could decide it. Your plan may work, doesn't mean you in controlling. Jagifs and nobody could decide it. Nobody decides for life. Thank you for my life. Yeah, for all the good things you've been doing for me, you have done it for free. Thank you for our lives. Yeah, for all the great things you've been doing for us, you still do more for free. Thank you for their lives. Yeah, for all the great things you've been doing for them too. You still do all for free, yeah. I'm all like Bay, I'm a Bay, you talk with Anyola. You know, you turn a play. Me so a Bay, Chico, Ademila, Ikunyo, Uyema. Funoya, Deleke, Yema. Kobale, Bang, Bang, Kwakbe, Awoma, Tepleo. Presida, Kakmanda, Awoma, Tepleo, Dehe. Agbe, Aleve, Vede. 
Hi, I'm Johnny Combe, CEO of Pay by Phone UK, and my Friday would not be complete without Kizzy's Friday Game Changers. Merci pour la force et la vie Toutes les maladies sont guéries La plus nécessaire c'est la vie Laisse-moi vivre comme je veux La plus nécessaire c'est la vie Toutes les maladies sont guéries Plus nécessaire c'est la vie Laisse-moi vivre comme je veux Yeah For all the good things you've been doing for me You have done it for free Thank you for my life Yeah For all the great things you've been doing for my friends too You still do all for free Thank you for their lives Yeah For all The world famous Game Changer Show Game Changer Show Game Changer Show You still do all for free Yeah